Section 23 of India, Persia, Mesopotamia, and Palestine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in April 2018. The World's Story, Volume 2 India, Persia, Mesopotamia, and Palestine. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 23. The Rock Edicts of Asoka, about 257 BC. By Vincent A. Smith. Asoka, king of Bihar, became a convert to Buddhism about 257 BC. He was a most zealous missionary, and his little sermons, known as edicts, were carved upon the rocks and pillars, and may still be seen. The following are some of them. The Editor The Fruit of Exertion Thus saith His Sacred Majesty, For more than two and a half years I was a lay disciple, without, however, exerting myself strenuously. But it is more than a year since I joined the order, and have exerted myself strenuously. During that time the gods who were regarded as true all over India have been shown to be untrue. For this is the fruit of exertion. Nor is this to be attained by a great man only, because even by the small man who chooses to exert himself, immense heavenly bliss may be won. For this purpose has the precept been composed. Let small and great exert themselves. My neighbours too should learn this lesson, and may such exertion long endure. And this purpose will grow, yea, it will grow immensely, at least one and a half fold will it increase in growth. And this purpose must be written on the rocks, both afar off and here, and wherever there is a stone pillar it must be written on the stone pillar. And according to this text, so far as your jurisdiction extends, you must send it out everywhere. By me, while on tour was the precept composed, 256 departures from staging places, or, possibly, days spent abroad. Summary of the Law of Piety Thus saith His Sacred Majesty, Father and mother must be hearkened to. Similarly, respect for living creatures must be firmly established. Truth must be spoken. These are the virtues of the law of piety which must be practiced. Similarly, the teacher must be reverenced by the pupil, and towards relations fitting courtesy must be shown. This is the ancient nature of piety. This leads to length of days, and according to this man must act. Written by Paja, the scribe. The Sacredness of Life This pious edict has been written by command of His Sacred and Gracious Majesty the King. Here, in the capital, no animal may be slaughtered for sacrifice, nor may the holiday feast be held, because his sacred and gracious majesty the king sees much offence in the holiday feast, 
although in certain places holiday feasts are excellent in the sight of his sacred and gracious majesty the king formerly in the kitchen of his sacred and gracious majesty the king each day many hundred thousands of living creatures were slaughtered to make curries but now when this pious edict is being written only three living creatures are slaughtered daily for curry to wit two peacocks and one antelope the antelope however not invariably even those three living creatures henceforth shall not be slaughtered the prompt dispatch of business thus saith his sacred and gracious majesty the king for a long time past it has not happened that business has been dispatched and that reports have been received at all hours now by me this arrangement has been made that at all hours and in all places whether i am dining or in the ladies apartments in my bedroom or in my closet in my carriage or in the palace gardens the official reporters should report to me on the people's business and i am ready to do the people's business in all places and if perchance i personally by word of mouth command that a gift be made or an order executed or anything urgent is entrusted to the superior officials and in that business a dispute arises or a fraud occurs among the monastic community i have commanded that immediate report must be made to me at any hour and in any place because i never feel full satisfaction in my efforts and dispatch of business for the welfare of all folk is what i must work for and the root of that again is an effort and the dispatch of business and whatsoever exertions i make are for the end that i may discharge my debt to animate beings and that while i make some happy here they may be in the next world gain heaven for this purpose i have caused this pious edict to be written that it may long endure and that my sons and grandsons may exert themselves for the welfare of all folk that however is a difficult thing save by the utmost exertion asoka's visit to the birthplace of buddha his sacred and gracious majesty the king when he had been consecrated twenty years having come in person did reverence and because here buddha was born the sakya sage a great railing of stone was prepared and a stone pillar erected because here the venerable one was born the village of lumini was made free of religious cesses and declared entitled to the eighth share of the produce claimed by the crown kunala the obedient son of asoka in the seventh century a d pilgrims were shown a stupa at taxila which was said to have been built by asoka to mark the spot where the eyes of his beloved son kunala were torn out the story of kunala is to the following effect after the death of his faithful consort asantimitra king asoka late in life married tishyarakshita a dissolute and unprincipled young woman in pursuance of a deep-laid scheme for the destruction of him 
who by his virtue had put her vice to shame the queen with honeyed words persuaded the king to depute kunala to the government of distant taxila the prince obediently accepted the honourable commission and when departing was warned by his father to verify orders received which if genuine would be sealed with an impression of the king's teeth the queen bided her time with ever-growing hatred after the lapse of some months she wrote a dispatch addressed to the viceroy's ministers at taxila directing them immediately on receipt of the orders to put out the eyes of the viceroy prince kunala to lead him and his wife into the mountains and to there leave them to perish she sealed the dispatch with royal red wax and when the king was asleep furtively stamped the wax with the impression of his teeth and sent off the orders with all speed to taxila the ministers who received the orders knew not what to do the prince noticing their confusion compelled them to explain the ministers wished to compromise by detaining the prince in custody pending a reference to the capital but the prince would not permit of any delay and said my father if he has ordered my death must be obeyed and the seal of his teeth is a sure sign of the correctness of the orders no mistake is possible he then commanded an outcast wretch to pluck out his eyes the order was obeyed and the prince accompanied by his faithful wife wandered forth in sightless misery to beg his bread in the course of their weary wanderings they arrived at pataliputra alas cried the blind man what pain i suffer from cold and hunger i was a prince i am a beggar would that i could make myself known and get redress for the false accusations brought against me he managed to penetrate into an inner court of the palace where he lifted up his voice and wept and to the sound of a flute sang a song full of sadness the king in an upper chamber heard the strains and thinking that he recognized the voice and touch as those of his son sent for the minstrel the king when he beheld his sightless son was overwhelmed with grief and inquired by whose contrivance all this misery had come about the prince humbly replied in truth for lack of filial piety i have thus been punished by heaven on such and such a day suddenly came a loving order and i having no means of excusing myself dared not shrink from the punishment the king knowing in his heart that queen tishyarakshita was guilty of the crime without further inquiry caused her to be burned alive and visited with condign punishment every person high or low who had any share in the outrage the officials were some dismissed some banished some executed the common people were according to one account massacred and according to another transported across the himalayas to the deserts of khotan in those days a great saint named gosha dwelt in the monastery by the holy tree of mahabodhi to him the king brought kunala and prayed that his son might receive his sight the saint commanded that on the morrow a great congregation should assemble to hear his preaching of the law 
and that each person should bring a vessel to receive his tears a vast multitude of men and women assembled and there was not one of those who heard the sermon but was moved to tears which fell into the vessels provided the saint collected the tears in a golden vase and said these words the doctrine which i have expounded is the most mysterious of buddha's teaching if that exposition is not true if there is error in what i have said then let things remain as they are but if what i have said is true and free from error let this man after washing his eyes with these tears receive his sight whereupon kunala washed in the tears and received his sight End of section 23